How's it going? It's alright. I've actually not long had a coffee, so I'm just perking up again. Which is... Small talk. It is small talk, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it like, I've had my coffee and I'm feeling good. It's good, it's good, it's good. It's actually unusual, because I don't normally have one of an evening. No, I mean, it's past six. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, uh, before we started recording, I told... I, we talked about small talk and yeah. how like yeah we were at a social thing uh not well maybe technically a housewarming yeah yeah housewarming where you went out the house yeah 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 but yeah so it was a housewarming and it was it was the only single guy there and i just couldn't i couldn't <laughs> there's lots of small talk conversations about like oh you know what kind of basket should i have and it's like oh what? And I just can't. Ju- I know. I, f- I know. I should to fulfil the social contract, like jump in and be like, "Well, you know, Wicker's quite nice this time of year," <laughs> or something like that. I just, <laughs> I've just got that part of my brain that doesn't interact with it, like this. And yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about it quite a lot. Yeah, and been going through some stuff. I think I found an explanation for it, but yeah, it's just there's certain things that I just do not have any natural engagement in. Yeah. Like cute. Yeah. A number of times. If someone looks at something and it's cute, they get a reaction. Yeah. I look at it and I don't. Yeah. It's just that wire is fused or not fused or the fuse is blown on it. And maybe I saw something so cute when I was, I saw myself in the mirror once when I was like seven, I was like, that guy, (laughs) nothing could be as adorable as a seven year old bearded baby. (laughs) That fire just kind of fuses. Um, so there's certain things that just don't quite like, uh, if you eat in food, like I I like, I like food. I like good food, like bad yeah. food and like different food and food made with care and intense food. But if someone's, if someone's made some food for me, yeah. I'll be polite and be like, this is very nice. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. But, and there's levels of which I'd go with that politeness to be like, oh, what kind of spices did you use? Or how did you cook it? Yeah. But if we went to a restaurant, I wouldn't have the same reaction. If it wasn't amazing food, yeah. I'd just be like, this is food. Yeah. I'd have no polite, re- I paid you money. I don't need to be polite <laughs> to you. Like, thank you. Let I me like speak the to the chef. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I, I, I don't know. I try this. lots of different food. What kind of bread is this? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say white <laughs> is it white it's oh, yeah. a bacon sandwich oh don't tweet it it's a <laughs> facebook or it's a reference to a previous yeah. podcast um yeah so yeah there's certain things i just don't engage with uh, but i've noticed socially people enjoy outwardly enjoying things with other people even if it's not genuine yeah and again that's something that i can relate to but just not in Certain situations. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where the kind of whole genuine thing kind of fits in. Because, like, yeah. like you just say, like, oh, um, you wouldn't necessarily talk about food. Whereas someone like, uh, like Art, like mm. mutual friend of ours, enjoys well, cooking. Friend right? of Steve's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the guy thinks he can't he... make a lemon milkshake. <laughs> I mean, he goes a freak. Like, like he, 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 like he really enjoys his food and mm. cooking and everything like that. And I do as well. I'm not quite on the same level, but like I'm getting there. Mm. Um, and and we both enjoy talking about cooking and stuff. But I wouldn't necessarily call that small talk. I think it it hits on the spectrum with a lot of people. Oh yeah. So if you're actively talking passionately about something, I think it stops being 
small talk. So if yeah. it's a hobby that you really enjoy, because I really enjoy cooking as well. Yeah. And I've done lots of, worked in restaurants, tried loads of different food. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Posh, silver service, presidential, little buffet things. Oh, it's quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, so if it's actively like a genuine conversation, it's like, oh, what's the meat? I can't really, you know, is it braised? It's really tender. What's that? But it's, it's when it becomes to the, just to fill the void. Yeah. Just say, we're eating. No, there's nothing to talk about. So rice, <laughs> you know, like, is it brown rice? You know, it's just, when it's just conversation to fill void. Yeah. I don't have that urge. No, I know what you mean. But I think I, that there's I, a so, and I think it's normal to want to fill that urge. Like, cause it's social. You want to connect with people. You're there to socialize with people. Yeah. You want to form a connection. Yeah. And you form, a lot of people form connections more easily with, Talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to you, I forge connections in silence. No, it's, it's, I form connections just more intensely, I think. And just about more, more things. Yeah. If there's no, I, I don't want to give anyone the disservice of them thinking that I like them yeah. by talking about something, because I can pretend to like people. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm trying not to at the moment, which yeah. is why it's like, I think you were talking about what is jazz music at the the social thing, yeah. And I was like, I could I could put in some disingenuous like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just um, there's no musical structure to it, or it's about this. I could do that, but yeah. I was just like, I, I don't care. I was <laughs> that was I wouldn't call it small talk though. Like there was there was jazz music on, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I'd never bought jazz before, and I don't get it. But like, yeah, this is cool, I guess. Yeah, like, and uh, I, I, and then I think, yeah, like, Pat knows a lot about about particular mm. kinds of music and stuff. So like, he, he just kind of like goes into explanations and like, yeah. Yeah, I understand that, but like, I don't know. I I didn't necessarily. I, I it was it was small talking as much as it was a small conversation. It was, it was like, normal talk. Yeah, right. Like I say, I'm the one with the issue. <laughs> like that's what that's what normal people do <laughs> is talk to each other about things. <laughs> And they go like, jazz music is playing. Let's talk about jazz. This is why I bought this record and playing some music. I was just trying to remember, like, well, when we used to like all gather around your house, and it's just like, what? You didn't just leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, again, and that was like, so yeah, I was. I mean, I wasn't. Uh, uh, I've noticed myself in. I'm, I'm hesitant to talk about it because I feel like you might misinterpret it's purely okay. me it's purely me yeah, right? yeah so like whenever when we've been in uh social situations with friends just it might also be couples but all of our friends are couples right yeah or are are in a relationship yeah because it's, it's kind of just getting to that age now where everyone's <laughs> kind of everyone up. except nick is just <laughs> you know pursuing happiness you know and just doing things and love yeah um yeah so in those situations i'll just become irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> where like an hour will go by when i'm just not involved invited or involved in a conversation yeah so i'll just be on my phone for an hour <laughs> and i and for me that makes me feel bad when other people see that i'm like not engaging <laughs> they're like oh we've left nick out we've left nick out it's like i don't want you to feel you have a good time <laughs> you have fun if i if i wasn't here i'd probably be doing this anyway so i'm, yeah. I'm okay but you can still like you. Can, you can still see us and address us as an in, as individuals in that situation. I could, but yeah. Then, but then like that would be changing together. the momentum. You know, it'd be like uh, uh, 
there is a group dynamic. There is a group dynamic in a lot of conversations, a lot of social situations where we've both experienced being pulled to one side and being ripped out of it. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah. involved with someone separately, and yeah. it's like. I don't like it when it happens to me. I definitely don't like it doing doing it to other people. Mm. So it's like, it's this this night is not for indirectly me. It's for the people in relationships to talk about being in a relationship and to have relationshipy things. You know, <laughs> okay. it was basically an orgy. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, yeah. So it's just, yeah. I feel like I'm not quite. I know that I'm welcome. But I yeah. know that I'm, I don't feel necessarily relevant to it. Yeah. And I could have more fun elsewhere mm. purely because I'm not relevant in this situation. <laughs> so I started using the excuse of, well, I've got to get home for my dog. Because yeah. that's nice and polite and relationshipy, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I've got kids at home. I'll see you guys later. You know how it is. <laughs> you kind of go away. Um, so I was kind of feeling that, the, the, the housewarming. I was like, oh, I'll say that I have to get back to my dog eventually because I was like, oh, you'd be right there, but I'm not sure if I'd go out in a pub because I'm yeah. not drinking anyway. Yeah. And then drunk relationshipy people will probably be more relationshipy. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of feeling that. But then the whole accommodating Nick came out again. Yeah. Because I think also there's a natural subliminal sense when somebody is not relevant in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> because if you don't bring anything to the social table, you potentially either stunt it or reduce it. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, there's a few different people like, oh, you know, so you're not staying for the night then? Like, um, no, I guess not. Yeah, no, it's fine. Oh, I'll head back. Um, and yeah, headed back and went out for a drink yeah. with someone else. <laughs> but it was all good. Had fun. It was yeah. All good. But it's just, uh, yeah, I think two different social circles, I guess. Yeah. And they do overlap in a lot of situations, but I think also they don't really overlap in some ways. Yeah. And I think this would be more prevalent if there were more single people that we knew. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very much like 90% everyone else and 10% is the Nick. So yeah. Like, no, yeah. In fairness, we, not, we don't socialize with single people, but we mm. don't know any, like yeah. we don't know any more to like, because they've all taken what I do and they've just <laughs> been less polite about it. They'd be like, we're just not going to hang out with those people anymore. <laughs> Go out and we'll go do something else. It's been a long time since I've made a friend. That sounds yeah. like weird, but like I think at a certain point, unless you're within an incredibly social environment, like in the middle of a city, and you are, mm. um, and, and and you're working with new people all the time and stuff like that, or, or you're part of clubs and things, you don't really meet a lot of new. Well, people. there's definitely a, a, a wall to break through. Yeah. Like I, I played some uh, online games and like there's a guy online who kind of openly and trying to word it wants to be friends with me. Right. And I can sense the awkwardness in his voice of being like, oh, you know, just like to, do you want to, you know, me and you will work together and we'll get a big team together and we'll do all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to do that, but I understand <laughs> that that's what, that, that's what he's trying to do is make a friend as like, I don't know how old he is, but like 27 plus. Yeah. Like just trying to make that, op open up that little bit of vulnerability without, especially online, like not really knowing yeah, someone yeah. that well and kind of like being like, let's, let's do things together. Yeah. So yeah, I think there does come a point where it becomes more difficult to unnap to, to specifically make new friends yeah but i think also as you get older you get involved in a lot less things like you just you do less so yeah. therefore you don't naturally meet people more 
Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. don't get kind of get that. Th- Whereas university is like you're just thrown in a building full of yeah. single people. It's that thing of like a, a university going through the same thing that you are. Yeah, looking to socialize, and at a certain point, you can meet people that you don't know every single day. Yeah, unless you have a sign that says "No solicitors on your door," <laughs> no, which is not, what Steve no soliciting. Did. Oh, solicitors. I mean, if I've asked them, they can come. Right, <laughs> but there's no deaf cancer research people or people or Jehovah's Witnesses. I'm sorry, but they what? witnessed Jehovah. <laughs> they want to tell you about it. You're like, fuck. Off. I want to know about it. Fuck off back to your watchtower. Like this, I, I just, I, uh, why are you knocking on my door at half seven in the evening asking me if I've heard about cancer? Yeah, I've heard about cancer, but I'm trying yeah, to eat my donating to it. Either. No. Ah, oh, well, then maybe they need to hear some more. I don't yeah, know. If I was, it's the whole Louis C.K. thing. If I wanted thing. to, I would. It's the whole Louis C.K. thing of, like, not people not understanding people protesting abortion centres. And it's like, they think you're murdering babies. <laughs> How do you want them to react? Yeah. They're like, well, this is really important to those people. That's what they think. So they're like, for God's sake, stop it. <laughs> Jehovah's Witness is like, we've, we've just seen him. <laughs> He's right what are you there. doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And then, yeah, like, cancer research. Like, people are dying every day. Yeah, I know. Well, do you want to help? No. Well, you should. We should all help. You know, it's that kind of, that's just their intention of this trying to do. Um, with, with, with me, it's not that, like, I'm, I'm adverse to, 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 to kind of talking the to cure people. Of cancer. And, uh, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not adverse to it. Um, for me, like, it's more of a safety thing. Like, there were, I, I, I wasn't in, and there were like, yeah, three people that came to the door, like, to, to, to see, like, at the same time, yeah, and there yeah. were cameras in the street and stuff, and there were like, two that approached our house, and Vix answered the door to them, and I was just like, no, nah, I'm not down with that, like, mm. you, that's, that's... Yeah, that definitely does change it. Yeah. If my dog started answering the door, I'd be like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> no, no more, no more beef and it's questions. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not, and that's not a sexist thing. It's not like, well, I don't think she can handle herself. I'm saying if there's two blokes that are bigger than her at the door, and I don't know them and she doesn't know them, I don't want them If you had a little brother, if my little brother was at home, I'd also feel the same. Because on on one occasion, it's people genuinely asking for help with their charity. On another occasion, it's it's people asking if they can tarmac your drive. Like, (laughs) Would you mind? Yeah, and, and, and like one of those two is usually fundamentally dodgy. Like if the, if they like the, the majority of the time they're they're casing your house and trying to and, try, and trying to figure you out, and it's like I'm not yeah I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not open to that. Yeah, well yeah, so it definitely changes when there's yeah. when you're being protective over someone else. I think. Um, but yeah, so basically, yeah, what I was basically saying was like, I I am outside of the norm, and it means that when I'm in normal situations, I tend to fade. <laughs> because I can, yeah, I can pretend to be normal or pretend to, I can put on the mask and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, recently, in the past couple of months, the past month or so, I've been actively not doing that. So if I'm actively not enjoying something, I'm not going to pretend to enjoy it or I'm not actively not uh, interested in a subject. I yeah. might not dive into it and be like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just me trying to be more, less accommodating, which is yeah. something that we yeah, yeah, went on, on the podcast. Yeah. But I've got an essay. Right. So, Ooh. it's got a risk of me opening up my sensitive side. All right. So, I'm going to mask it with a weird voice. Doors closed. It's fine. Doors closed. Yeah, it's can't, locked. Can't get out. <laughs> no one get in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, 
Uh, the last couple of weeks have been pretty, pretty badly, uh, very rough for me with depression and loneliness. Um, but they have been pretty much that since before we started the podcast. Like one of the early podcasts I started talking about um starting to take antidepressants and going to th- uh, starting all the therapy and that kind of stuff and recently this is the funny part this is the, the whole mood has changed <laughs> yeah <laughs> when talking about I'm really depressed and lonely <laughs> um but recently like uh yeah about a month the last month i found myself in like a bit of a plateau yeah so the good thing about, about that is um, not falling anymore. I found, I found my place where I wasn't spiraling out of control anymore. You kind of hit that point. I liken it to you're climbing a mountain and the mountain is life. Life. Right. And you fall, you slip, something happens, you get distracted, something sucker punches you, something like that, and you start to fall down the mountain. There's an, the most important part at that point is to latch yourself on and stop falling. Mm. And then the difficult part is starting to climb the mountain again. Yeah. And most people, because everybody has those slips, whether it be a breakup or having a kid or a new relationship, they get distracted from climbing them the specific mountain because they want to climb a different mountain or they yeah. want to do something else. And what it means is people just get stuck and they, they stop growing or they stop evolving or they stop pursuing something in favor of something else or whatever. So I found myself kind of hanging on the side of the mountain and that's good but it's the problem is it's somewhat comfortable. It's a bad position to be in. If you're trying to climb a mountain and at the top there's a cafe, you know, <laughs> then if you stop climbing the mountain, it's you'll never reach. Thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you go for lunch. Like a balloon store, <laughs> right? Um, um, it's familiar and it's safe to be on that point. Still sad, still depressed, still lonely, but I'm I've set myself up to function in that zone. And I realized that that's, that's the plateau is that I'm not improving. I'm not declining. I'm not doing whatever. So I decided to, um, remove some of the comforting habits. And they were just silly, like watching films, mm. like all the time is we've spoken before about just having input all the time. Yeah. Just wanting to yeah. have everything coming in. And I genuinely think that's because you just don't want to, you want to deafen yourself. You just don't yeah. want to deal with anything else that's coming in you don't want to think about your day you don't want to question things you just like no well this is on so i'm doing that or i'm playing this computer game or um i'm, I'm, I'm eating uh, more comforting food to kind of <laughs> so like, if i was if i wanted to go to sleep i just eat some ice cream because my diabetes would just crash <laughs> and I'd just be like i'm so sad i just don't want to be conscious it's a really bad habit yeah <laughs> it's, it's, really it's, it's a blood disease worsening <laughs> habit didn't yeah. do it that often but i was conscious but, of myself doing that yeah. kind of thing so there was a lot of habits i had but to people, maintain functionality it's just medicating like people do that like people do we drink people i i've i've gone through a phase of doing it with weed before now well medicating yeah. implies that it helps but and it does maintain, which doesn't necessarily imply. Yeah, it 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 maintains yeah. self maintenance yeah. is what I, it, it yeah. feels more accurate to me. So yeah, you'd maintain like right. I'm not gonna. I need to get through today, so I'm gonna have a cup of coffee at six p.m. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just every time I could kind of slip in a jab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we decided to remove some of those comforting habits. So like you know, um, change diet, change activities structure your day more whereas before it'd be like if i was at a weekend i'd get lost in a hobby so i'd get lost oh watch some films today or i'll do this today and it'll be the whole day and i'd be like oh well that's my weekend done but i feel okay 
Yeah. But I could have done way more. I could have been more productive. And the problem with that, but the problem with doing that is while it is the right thing to do and while it does progress, it means you fall a little further down the mountain mm. because the things holding you on that mountain have been taken away. And it leaves you to kind of scramble to try and, uh, to try and figure out, uh, what it is you're supposed to do. So it caused me to be extra rough, extra depressed, extra lonely for the past like month or so, which could describe why I was very much less inclined to engage in one because I was, I know actively I shouldn't do it because <laughs> that should be like, I should just be focusing on maybe instead of being someone that they pretending to be interested in a subject that they would like we could talk about something that we both like yeah is that's the kind of long-term uh goal of it um so yeah bit, bit extra rough and i found myself kind of needing more uh more su- not more support but needing to fix that to instead of trying to fix it with the the bad habits trying to find like what what was actually going wrong and what do i actually need to feel better and I think the cure for loneliness is connection and camaraderie, right? It's that kind of, like, they say that you can be alone in a room full of people. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you can. But only if those people, you know, don't connect with you. Yeah. And don't have that kind of uh, camaraderie. They, they just ignore it. Again, I'm hesitant about talking about it because I feel like I'm, it could be misinterpreted. No, just want to reinforce that it's me. There's, it's not, there's it's not, there's not no judgment here. It's not you. It's you're, me. You're in a safe space. Oh, yeah. I just don't want you... Yeah, yeah. My phrasing of it is to say, this is how I'm kind of going with it. Yeah. This is my understanding of it, not saying that you should have done something differently. No. So, yeah. It's trying to find that kind of human connection and that kind of uh, camaraderie. That, that's something that's going on. And there was something that's going through my mind for a little while. Because um, all that input, all that kind of stuff, you kind of pick up things that are more effective inputs, right? Yeah. Um Something like music has always been a big input for me. Something very much is kind of like making connections and kind of making me feel connected to the artist or to the world or something. That whole someone else expressing something that you're feeling but have been unable to express. Mm. So looking for some kind of audio input, was listening to podcasts and the loneliness kind of side made me want to be, I kind of want to listen to some, a, a woman talking. Yeah. Just, just to have that kind of, just, just have some form of feminine, just like, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I discovered something, what we've, we've talked about it before, um, called ASMR. Right. Which, uh, is, I don't know what it stands for. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And we talked about it before because it's something that's quite modern as it, well, it's been around for age. It's been around because it's, human nature it is believed to be human nature but hasn't been given much attention until quite recently apparently and it's people having strong responses to specific stimulus so for me for me um it's uh takes uh, a woman singing for example yeah a woman singing soft uh, more specific <laughs> sensitive um uh, a, a woman like if you're a lullaby. Yeah. A woman singing a lullaby softly has a, a physical effect on me. Yeah. And it's something that I've always kind of been aware of because I've always said that uh, I fall, I've described it as falling in love with a woman just for singing. Like, yeah. if you sit, like, it's like, oh, the fucking feelings just kind of come out and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I started to explore ASMR, right? Um, and it's, it's awesome. It's weird. It's one, it's one, it's not completely fully backed scientifically or whatever, because it's still like, it's a hard thing to manage. Yeah. The basic description of it that I've heard is, 
Um, you know the feeling of um, someone walking over your grave? You get that kind of chill down your spine, all that kind of stuff. It's experiencing that kind of feeling, but from a specific response. Yeah. So some people get it. F- I-, I think everyone's got it. It's just not it, like OCD people. Mm. I think they get it when they, when they see something clean. They get that feeling of, huh. Yeah. Right. And I think when people see something cute, they probably get some kind of physical reaction that makes them go. Bleh! Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. Just some kind of, they get that kind of react, the physical reaction from some sort of stimulus. It's almost kind of uncontrollable. What is it? It's, like it's a reaction. Yeah. It's yeah. like being tickled. Yeah. You know, you get that kind of, like, it's like, it's like a reflex. Yeah. And I've had friends um, who've had it when they see someone pushing their hands together and all their fingers touch. Yeah. They look at it and they go, ugh. Like, that just makes them feel weird. <laughs> and I think that's the same with everything. That's why some people see stuff and go, like, that's gross. It makes yeah. them feel icky. Or, you know, they see a horror film and it makes them feel scared. Mm. I don't have any of those. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I've got this kind of, yeah, response to audio. And it become because <laughs> it's treated, it's non-sexual completely. It's mm. almost like a therapy. Yeah. It's like how it's kind of been advertised. And specifically to help people drift off to sleep. I've never been able to drift off to sleep to it because I'm like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, because it's designed to go people, for people to go to sleep, it's kind of relaxation kind of thing and just kind of make people, designed to make people feel that tingle. And it's probably people who find it erotic in mm. whatever sense. But for me, it's just like, yeah, it's just some kind of like nurturing kind of feeling of, and there's, so there's loads of different triggers. Right, there's audio triggers. A lot of whispering is apparently is one for a lot of people. Yeah. So, so if you YouTube it, you get like um, someone playing "Stairway to Heaven" on electric guitar, but they're whispering the lyrics. <laughs> and it's so weird how some triggers are just very much nope. Yeah. And some are like, oh, that's really nice. That's really soothing. I think it's yeah. kind of the word for it. So you, yeah, trying to research it, you find all these kind of different stuff about it. But yeah, different triggers get different people. Um, but another popular one is uh role play situations and a lot of them are kind of medical like there's one there's like uh, going to a doctor's surgery for a checkup right and it's all it is is just a 30 minute video of just and from my experience is a female doctor just having a medical exam with you just talking oh so, you know um can you what's what's your first name you've got any allergies just making eye contact with the camera yeah and say don't worry everything will be fine that's great there's also a lot of audio symbol like things like tapping on plastic and mm. all these kind of different things um that they're kind of doing throughout but it's just eye contact and uh, eye tests like follow this light mm. it's just that weird kind of hypnotic kind of thing that's kind of like oh it just kind of draws you into something yeah have you ever experienced any kind of physical reaction to an image or a sound um, I don't know. Like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head beyond, like, the kind of jarring stuff, you know, yeah, like yeah. when you, um, when you see that someone's clothes don't quite match, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like, human breast milk. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's, it's, it's more sounds, and I don't think that's unique. I think there are sounds, mm. certain sounds that put people off, like shovels scraping on concrete. That right, really yeah. does my fucking head in. Like it just cutlery on a plate. Yeah, kind of thing. nails yeah, yeah. on the chalkboard kind of thing. And I don't think that's what you're talking about. So I, I can't. I imagine I it's somewhat related. Yeah. I imagine there are people who react worse to that. Yeah, but uh, no, I was just curious, like because I've never experienced cuteness. Mm. Is does it feel like a? a, a 
there's a physical response, right? Because if you see something cute, most people smile or mm. they lean to the left. Or <laughs> <laughs> their, 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 their body language seems to change. Yeah, you do. You open up a bit. And I think, yeah. from like, I get the cuteness thing, but I think from a male perspective, it's different from a female perspective. Probably. Like, uh, for... for um, for, for for me personally, it makes me, me for me, yeah. it makes me protective over whatever it is that I'm finding cute or whatever. It brings out that kind of like I need don't to, punch it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that whole kind of paternal thing. Like I need to look after this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I think I, I think maybe for a woman, it's 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 more open than that. It's kind of I need to I, I need to care for this. Whereas, like looking like it's that's that's kind of different. It's, I, I don't know the male term for it, but like mm. male maternity, paternal. a maternal feel. I always thought paternal was like parental. Nah, yeah. So yeah, there's it's a slight what you could kind of describe in there feels to me like the difference between a maternal reaction and a paternal reaction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it evolves that kind of parental. But it is feel. definitely instinctive. Yeah. Like it does, it is like, I can't control that. That's just something that happens. Yeah. You can't, you're, you are aware that something is affecting yeah. you and you go yeah. ahead. Um, so yeah, I do think that everyone kind of, and yeah, you were cleaning your countertop the other day of breadcrumbs. <laughs> Drove like, you fucking insane. No, I was just like, why? And you're just like, well, there's breadcrumbs on it because I was eating toast over it. Like, okay. Well, well, all right. Fair enough. You just look so enjoying it. Just like, just, oh yeah, this is great. Just cleaning my house. Yeah. Yeah. But you were enjoying it, Steve. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that's, that's the thing that I can't relate to that because I don't enjoy that. Yeah. But, yeah. If, <laughs> but if you walk past my bedroom and you heard someone singing a lullaby knowing there was no one in there, <laughs> you'd be like, what's going on in there? Yeah. It's like, well, I'm just listening to Susan fucking sing Aladdin. No, it's a joke. We can't go to sleep, can you? <laughs> But it's so psychopathic. Like it's it, it's further evidence that I'm a complete psychopath. Because I've described it. Because yeah, I've always partly the reason that I kind of feel um, kind of against the whole men dominate women thing and men mm. overpower women all the time is because if I was trying to attack a woman and she started singing a lullaby, <laughs> it's like, oh, just- this is quite nice. <laughs> I just go from to like just like calming effect of like yeah. you know, a dog that's too excited. Yeah, just that kind of calming effect. I think I've always experienced that as a guy anyway. Mm. So yeah, seeing that, um, watching role plays of like doctors giving a shit, you know, is making eye contact and yeah. like saying certain words that I think deep down like you kind of want to hear. Um, and even though you know it's synthetic, you kind of make that. Oh, it's synthetic. It's fake. It's pretend. Mm. But it also indirectly kind of feeds the yearning this emotional yearning that's kind of inside your soul yeah um so yeah instead of (laughs) for lack of human connection it's the internet just (laughs) video footage of people pretending to have a connection with you that will be fine (laughs) it's deeply sad right but it's the truth (laughs) i don't think i i don't see any reason why anyone should judge you for that like that doesn't oh, seem no, like a i just find it hilarious i just find it just, <laughs> just like you know you could go out and make friends you could go out and do things and socialize or what i'm looking for is a woman who can sing who's strong and independent but also caring and nurturing yeah. and also able to do like good sense of humor all those kind of things and the list goes on and on and i've dated so many people that it's kind of like 
you re- it's not even like they nearly fit that bill. It's like, but you shouldn't look for perfection. You should look for someone. Yeah. But it's like, they're so different from everything that be yeah. like, all I want is just a little video of someone singing a lullaby. That's all I want. <laughs> so I'll just have that and that'll, that'll help me. Yeah. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it really did help. Right. Uh, because it's the, <laughs> the cure for depression and loneliness is love. Right? Right. And I am a being of love. Yeah. I'm just... I'm a being of love. (laughs) Before I met you, I was a hippie love person. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And just years of life have just built up that exterior cream egg shell. Shouldn't have made out of cream eggs. That's why I'm diabetic, right? (laughs) But you just kind of... You have to... In order to deal with harsh realities, you have to learn to kind of protect yourself from that kind of situation. But... I am at heart just a, a love being. Love being. Um, so um, having those kind of experiences, and most people call it a chill down, like a, someone walking over your grave. I don't really have that, but I get a flutter in my heart, right? Yeah. Which is my experience of love. Don't know whether it's everyone's experience of love, yeah. but that's when, I, when I've been in a relationship and I felt love for somebody, it's always been associated with my heart for some reason. Yeah. Hasbro. Where it happens. Did Hasbro do trains? No, that was Hornby. Hornby did Hornby, trains. sponsor of Valentine's. Get her a train and see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> did you get me flowers? No, I've got you the flying Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking up with you. Did actually fly. He's <laughs> <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that, uh, that kind of muscle that hasn't been worked yeah. for more than three years has just kind of just had a kind of like little massage kind of thing. So it's kind mm. of like opened up to look, okay, I can, instead of looking for um, negative habits to try and stimulate that, yeah. like some people in order to feel happiness will try and uh, feel as bad as they possibly can in order to hit rock bottom so that they can start feeling happy again. Yeah. And it just never works because eventually you, I think the realization is that rock bottom is the realization that you need to start taking care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have to, you know, punish yourself in order to kind of hit that point. It's like, um, uh, when, when Jordan Peterson's talking about like heaven and hell, he's talking about them as like planes that exist in front of you. Yeah. So like he's walking along the street and you can see people who are living in hell. Like it's not somewhere you end up, it's somewhere you are. And it's because of the way you treat yourself. It's because of the way you treat other people and everything like that. Like, no, that that hell does exist. Like that person is there right mm. now. Um, and I, th- I think that's that, that's kind of the same thing that you're talking about. Like you get you get so far down in your personality, and it's the it's the it's the rock bottom thing. Yeah, it's just in terms of self management. Yeah, if people are trying to look for a solution, because you're trying to rationalize a solution, like like um, so. I can find emotional release and comfort through a YouTube video of someone of a girl playing the ukulele and singing a song. Yeah. But has to be weirdly because of the weird triggers, it's got to be a specific type of voice. Yeah. Like cause there's there's quite a few videos of it cuz yeah, it's YouTube and whatever uh, of like <laughs> one of the other one of the other triggers is just a woman talking softly, mm. rambling for like half an hour talking about their day or whatever. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's sad. No, I, I've understood. To be fair, um, I understand that one. Like we um, went for the first two years of uni, I did like English, mm. um, and before I realised that I didn't read books, mm. um, so that was helpful. But there was a there was there was a woman who was who took one of the units, and she was from 
I think she was from Bristol, which didn't have that hello there, all right, that she didn't mm. have that accent. It was just very clean and mm. clear. And she would read passages of books and you would just kind of like swim through it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just just like half an hour would just just disappear and you were mm. just and you you're kind of staring at her but you you weren't paying any attention to her. it was just there was, there was just this voice so i do kind mm. of I, I i do i do understand that in a sense like you i like describe right, it as a kind of a warm fuzzy feeling yeah you get yeah. just from list from specific things like listening yeah. to specific things just certain things yeah it can just kind of entrance you in a way like jazz like, i know yeah. we've mocked it right but a lot because i don't really connect with too much jazz i like a few jazz songs yeah, but i'll listen yeah. to a track here and there but there are some people who says it it, it quietens their mind yeah just because of the the music kind of going that's going in i have the same effect with rock and metal yeah but they've got it with jazz and it's just like there's a certain input that you have that's i can't figure out when it's been decided because no one in my family or anyone i've ever known has ever had a type of voice that i've kind of been hypnotized into no one's ever sang that's ever made me be like, oh, this is like really so, um, soothing. Mm. You know, it's never, so it's not something that I've picked up directly. It might be from films or television, you know, like, uh, the jungle book was my, the first kind of thing that I noticed. That's kind of the example I always gave at the end of the jungle book. The girl that comes, there's along a girl singing, who yeah. si- the girl who's Modi's age comes along to yeah. the water singing and she's just singing a song. That's just her vocally, right? Exactly. She's just singing that. And Modi yeah. just kind of gets to like drawn out. And just yeah. follows her down the river. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly kind of how I feel. One with that, if, if there was a woman in the street singing that song, I'd stalk her. <laughs> <laughs> I'd stalk her as legally and, 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 and as, as, <laughs> and, and as, uh, yeah, uh, what's the word? Responsibly. <laughs> yeah. that, that, it, that kind of enchanting aspect of a lot of audio kind of, uh, triggers, uh, does make me kind of feel um, like it has that effect. Yeah. So I'm getting cool. It's going off on everything. <laughs> I've got, I'm wearing my Fitbit. So my phone was going off. My watch was going off and my laptop was going off. But yeah, that kind of enchantment is kind of the, the, the description of it. So yeah, if someone was to read you a story, but the image I have it on my head is, and again, I don't think I've ever sit, had this experience directly, somewhat close to it, but always in films of like, um, the whole in it being in a relationship, nurturing at night, at the end of the night, you're kind of drifting off to sleep, but she's just talking. Yeah. That kind of thing, that kind of intimacy kind of feeling. And that's the feeling that you kind of, that's the image I get in my head when trying to experience these kind of things is that it's been described as somewhat nurturing that you're kind of craving for or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, it genuinely had a, a decent, a, a strong effect because that muscle started twitching. So then that, I can now, oh, I can now exercise love. Yeah. You know, in a, in a, <laughs> without having to go through Tinder, you know, and, and sleep on mattresses in sheds. Yeah. It's, it's like for those experiences of those crazy Tinder, ex- crazy weird, uh, outgoing experience, outgoing experiences. Yeah. Um, there was always like a 1% of you get that brief connection with somebody. Um, in in those kind of situations where you get that human connection, but then it just falls away because you don't know each other that well. So it's just kind of like a one night thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, instead of searching for ninety eight percent dog shit, as in 
the bullshit of pretending small talk. Yeah. Going yeah. out, driving, doing that, like, to get that one little moment of like, little bit of experience of human connection or love. I've just been like, well, I can now just, cause that, all of that is to build up to one day she might sing and then she might sing a specific song in a specific way. It's going to make me fucking like, just YouTube that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's psychopathic because yeah, I'm, you're, you're watching somebody pretend to like you. Mm. And it's just like, feels very, what they, they said, like they were bringing out sex robots with personalities Oof. and well, it was, a, it was an idea and the big against it was that's creepy because that means that some men would rather be with a robot than a, than a human person. And in the time you go like, yeah, I get it. But I, I, the moment at that time, I thought it was like therapeutic to, you know, uh, if, what would you rather have a pedophile with a kid or a pedophile with a robot kid? Well, give him a yeah. robot kid. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, clean it out and, you know, <laughs> and treat it. It's all the fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely an aspect of that to other things. Maybe not, like I say, it's not sexual for me at least. It's not, it's maybe not a sex robot, but just that kind of ro- artificial emotion does have an effect. Be yeah. a stronger effect with a real person. But yeah, for now, for people who need it, I think it's like, oh yeah, it's a genuine, genuine input that would be quite good. Yeah. So if you see me walking down the street and you just hear voices coming out of my ears, it's not the usual voices. <laughs> it's, uh, it's something else. <laughs> but yeah, so that's me and my sensitive done. Good stuff. Um, elsewhere in the news, a girl who gouged out her own eyes while on crystal meth says life is more beautiful now. Uh, okay. Probably because you can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've taken away the ugly part. Yeah. I mean, what's left after that? There's darkness, yeah. and darkness is probably beautiful. I don't know. You see colours when it's dark? Yeah. Yeah. Like, blind people have experienced colours. Yeah. They don't know what the names are, but they name them themselves. They see, like, images of some kind, because it's your mind's eye and whatever. Yeah. Blind people don't imagine in dark... Blind people can still imagine things. So, yeah. yeah, you still see colours in it. I, she gouged out her own eyes. Yeah. I. <sighs> to be fair, Has she thought the world t- was going to end. Right. If she didn't. Okay. So she was saving the world. She's Superwoman. Brilliant. Yeah. Or the save other one. Save the math. Had save the world. She's black. <laughs> she's Black Panther. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I partly like the way this has been written. Um. But I think it's just. Uh, it, it made me got, got me surprised. Last month, Kaylee Mutthart from Anderson, South Carolina, made headlines when she was rushed to the hospital after she was found tearing her own eyes out in front of a church in what she thought at the time was a sacrifice to God. Now completely blind but drug-free, the twenty-year-old says life is more beautiful now. Yeah, but probably only because she's kicked her drug habit, is what the article says. Yeah, <laughs> Which is that like, what it says? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look at this person who's got a new lease on life. Yeah, it's probably just because you're not taking meth, love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesus. To be fair, would you rather be someone that could see that was hooked on meth or someone that couldn't see that wasn't? Yeah, it just depends on the side effects, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah. I've heard that meth is quite bad. Yeah. So, yeah, just don't... Maybe, yeah, gouge your eyes out. <laughs> um, speaking to Cosmo, the former drug addict... Cosmo! Yeah. You know, Cosmopolitan, female magazine about fashion and everything, gouging your eyes out? Yeah. Yeah. She's speaking to them. Oh, right. Uh, good. Who also suffers from mental health issues. She gouged her eyes out. Describes the <laughs> horrific idea ordeal that occurred on February 6th when the world went black. Before that, it went finger. <laughs> finger then black. 
She just shoved her own fingers in her eyes. After months right. of struggling with drug addiction, <laughs> Mutt Hart 20 had promised her mother, Katie Tompkins, that she would attend rehab. Tompkins recorded their conversation so she could get a court to issue a court order that would make rehab for her daughter mandatory. So she was a big-time addict. She was going to go to uh, to rehab. What do you do when you're going to go into rehab? Before that, you take as much drugs as you can because you're going to give up. Same as yeah. if you're going to give up smoking, you smoke a fuck yeah. ton of cigarettes. Diet, you have, you have yeah, one you have last blowout weekend. Big thing. Yeah. Um, but just one week before Mutt Hart was supposed to leave for the rehabilitation centre, she brought meth from her drug dealer and took a larger dose than she had ever taken before. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just like having a burger before a diet. Uh, the <laughs> next morning, according to Mutt Hart, whose memory of the incident is fuzzy, uh, she, th- she thought everything would end and everyone would die if she didn't tear out her eyes immediately. Well, that's normal. Well, it's meth. I, I wake up like that sometimes. A passerby found Mutt Hart shortly after with her eyeballs in her hands. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's the bit I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Is everything okay now? <laughs> Is everyone still alive? Like, She's got her eyeballs in her head. Like, she didn't, I thought like maybe she didn't say gouged her eyes out, but she mentioned like she just cut up her eyes with her fingers until they didn't work anymore. Didn't realise she pulled out her eyes. Fucking hell. (laughs) According to the people who saved her life, she was screaming, I want to see the light, and was fighting them off. Well, how are you going to do that now? (laughs) Your eyes. Oh my god. That's pretty, that's an intense image. Yeah. For me. (laughs) Has someone approached you holding their eyes? (laughs) Oh, whoa. You know, what small talk do you want to talk about? I mean, yeah. eyes are good, aren't they? Oh, no, no, I never in night eyes. Have you seen the weather? I mean, uh, have you heard the weather? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it could be worse. Life could be worse. Don't take meth. But take meth, maybe. Yeah. Take meth if you're blind. Uh, That's what I take from that. <laughs> I saw a woman that was arrested this week. Because With her she- eyes in her hands? No, no. <laughs> She was, Jesus Christ. she was arrested after she faked a subscription from her doctor for meth. <laughs> just took <laughs> no. it to a chemist. <laughs> what do you want? Meth? <laughs> you got a note from the doctor? Yep. yep oh, yep, well. There you go. <laughs> well, they do it for marijuana and they do it for ketamine and they do it for morphine. Yeah. They surely do meth. <laughs> you don't have any meth? <laughs> All right, breaking bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also in the world, uh, Florida has now banned the marriage for children under 17. Really? Yeah, it's illegal to marry someone under the age of 17 now in Florida. Good. Yeah. I didn't realise it was legal. <laughs> it's legal everywhere. Like? The whole of America, pretty much. I think 48 states. Now, I might be a little bit misleading. Age? Right, I might be a little bit misleading. Okay. You can marry someone under the age of 17 if a pregnancy is involved. Okay. So and if you get a 12 year old pregnant, you uh, can marry her. Oof. Right. That's no. the thing. That's the, that's the no. thing. But then you go, it's also, it's already illegal to have sex with someone who's that young. Yeah. Surely, so like, if you, there's, I married her because I fucked her and now we have a baby. Well, then you go into prison. Yeah. But like marriage <clears> isn't really like the, the top priority in that situation. Yeah. I'd say I, jailing the pedophile would be like, pretty like high on my list of high on my to-do list well to, um, not like has you got a ring <laughs> <laughs> what does she do for a living she's 11 she better oh, be catholic what a 
Um, yeah, Florida currently allows children of any age to marry if a pregnancy is involved and a judge approves. So they have to go to a judge and then go. Right, yeah, 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 so sure. if it was like a sixteen-year-old lad and a fourteen-year-old girl or something, it'd be like well, potentially. So. But if it's like a thirty-year-old guy or a thirty. I think there was a case of a 90-year-old marrying a 12-year-old. <laughs> All right, that goes that theory then. <laughs> but I think that's why that's there, yeah. right? is there is a judge involved because of if you're 16 and 15, yeah. maybe you know something can be done. But yeah, I think the judge is there as an intermediary. Yeah. But if you believe that marriage is before God and you know it's a religious area, then surely you'd be better off if you were, went in front of God with your sins and, and maybe that'd be better. No. So I, I agree, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, the world could be a strange place. Um, the state legislature to ban, you know, uh, this kind of thing was voted 109 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Who's the one? It's, <laughs> it's that 90 year old bloke. It's just like, going, no. <laughs> Everyone. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? <laughs> but he does explain it um, uh, to pass a bill removing exemptions allowing boys and girls of any age to marry if a pregnancy was involved uh, an analysis of state statistics re- revealed that around 1800 marriage licenses involving a minor were issued uh, between 2012 and 2016 they include 13 year olds 7 year olds That's sorry one 13-year-old, right. seven 14-year-olds, okay. and 29 15-year-olds. So like mm. between the ages of the fucking 13 and 15, people get married. When people start having sex, I guess. Yeah. Potentially. Well, if they got pregnant, then yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only person to vote against the bill, Republican, re- re- Republican representative George Moriartis, had described, him, had described the law as, you know, it was good law. I just don't want the message to be that it's better not to get married. He doesn't want to suggest that some people shouldn't get married. Right. Even if it was a a rape pregnancy. Is this your priority? (laughs) It's just... Again, it's it's the whole being just blinded by your own belief. It's just like, you know, you believe that marriage is a good thing, so therefore you can never say marriage is a bad thing. (laughs) Like, no, they're saying that, you know, the people this young shouldn't have... They can't afford a wedding. Yeah. A 13-year-old can't have a legal job. So just what are they going on? I think they can deliver newspapers. Oh, we can, we can have it in the newsagents. <laughs> <laughs> but and I guess, you know, he might want to win the like the votes of the, Christ, the religious people who believe in marriage. Is really going to? If he knows that it's not going to go through if he votes. Yeah. What, it's like a protest vote or whatever it's yeah, called? Like, yeah. Nobody cares. Just like, oh, yeah. I believe in marriage, even if it's to a 13-year-old. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yay! <laughs> Who the hell was that? In other news, uh, a science teacher... Right, this is a bit dark. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to put Darker that than gouging your own eyes out? Potentially. And, uh, all right. <laughs> Depends how you feel. Strap uh, in. A science teacher is under investigation after reportedly feeding a puppy to a turtle. What? Yeah, the snapping how? turtle. Oh, like, chopped it up. Killed it. Nope. There you go. Just, just gave it a, a puppy. Because don't forget, like puppies can. I'm assuming it was a quite a young puppy, a very young, but one that can't yeah, really run away, blind for like the first twelve, like right, couple of weeks. Okay, so, I'm assuming that because yeah. um, this isn't explained. But I imagine 
Like when I bought Honey and she was a puppy, she was a lot bigger than a turtle. Yeah, she's a big dog. Yeah, but you can get like a chi- like a one week old Chihuahua. But I don't even then, like once they're running around, going to be born. eaten by a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> like I yeah, like dogs, I guess, but that's a shit dog. I g- well, yeah, well. I mean, it's blind. Depends <laughs> on the situation. Yeah, no, I don't mean. I mean, once it's running around, it's not blind. Once, once it can it's see, running around. Went, yeah, so I guess yeah. it would have to be very young. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. maybe like it's a turtle, so like maybe he th- like it's it can run around, but it can't necessarily swim. Yeah. So you could have. It's like a snapping turtle, and I think they've got strong bite or something. Yeah. So you could wound an animal, you know, <laughs> just with a well placed bite yeah. from a curious dog. Yeah. Like, just trying to sniff around and then it bites your neck or something like that. Yeah. Um, Robert Crossland of Preston Junior High School in Idaho fed the snapper turtle in front of students. What? After classes had ended for the day, according to he local was a, media. He was a teacher, wasn't he? Yeah, science teacher. Um, and after the class, got a surprise for you. Watch this turtle devour a, a, a I don't know, Dorset hound. Is it live? Uh, it's not clear. Oh, <laughs> they don't okay. know, which means some people are saying it is, and some people are saying it isn't. isn't that or no something one's saying that it you is. you tell people, yeah. like when your kids, and like, oh, but then you might be a little bit traumatized. Fed someone a fed the turtle a puppy. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? but you might be like, yeah. don't talk to me. I've had a bad day. Yeah, I've just watched fucking <laughs> fucking gladiator games and fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, Mark Gee. Superintendent for the local school district said in a statement his team was aware of a regrettable circumstance involving some of the biological specimens last week. Uh, the event occurred well after students had been dismissed and was not part of any school-directed program. <laughs> we not in the curriculum. <laughs> uh, what, how much does a puppy scream when it's clamped on by a snapping turtle? A, B, C. <laughs> this much. Yeah. Uh, it is unclear if the dog was dead or alive. If it's unclear, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it anyway. But if it's not clear whether the dog's alive or not, then just let it live for a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, you know. At the time of the incident, but former students told uh, the news Mr. Crosland had previously fed guinea pigs to snakes and turtles. Well, that's... I see it's kind of hypocritical of me to be like, well, that's normal because you. Still it's normal for a animal. frozen. Well, yeah, it's no, it's normal for them to do it in the wild. Yeah, and when I, I looked after a snake once, and apart from it having catastrophic diarrhea once a week, <laughs> uh, it ate frozen mice. Yeah, that yeah. you buy and you assume they died from the cold. I guess I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, mice are seemingly more expendable to society yeah. than anything else. Yeah, they kind of do that. And but guinea like live guinea pigs are more of like that's a genuine pet. Yeah, like, you can ha- you can have mice as pets, but not really. I have mice as pets. I mean, for a you bit, can. They're, they're different. Not as like common mice, like the yeah. ones you you'll see running about. Like they're usually fancy colours and things like that. Fancy dress mice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm luminous. <laughs> I'm a camel. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who says. Oh, the, this is again the Preston School District Superintendent. Um, the teacher is actually a cool teacher who really brought science to life. Not dogs, though. Uh, a former student told the news outlet... Oh, that was a student. I loved his class because he had turtles and snakes and he did have puppies <laughs> and other cool things. Uh, the superintendent says, We hope that any errors in judgment made by a teacher in this instance will not cause us to forget the years of care, effort and passion the teacher has given to the students in this district. 
So they're saying, don't let this one event, yeah, like blacken the report, the hot, the years of I service think I that need this guy's more given. Details. The fact that we don't even know if the puppy was alive. But even if, but well, see, I don't know. I think if it was dead, it would still be an issue. Yeah, um, because that puppy must have belonged to somebody. But they, even if it belonged to him, yeah, I kind of feel like uh, but, I don't know. Like they'll they do, like I'm not that much of a psychopath. No, 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 not at all. Like <laughs> yeah. vets and things, they they they'll um, they'll donate like deceased animals to laboratories and things if you if you if they've got the owner's permission and stuff. So mm-hmm. and yeah, like inside, <laughs> we never did it over here to be fair. But like, what? I'm sorry for you losing your dog. Would you like it to be used on medical research or fed to a turtle? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> fed to a turtle. <laughs> Uh, front of again it's the circle of life it's yeah uh, i understand it but it's the it's the unnecessary in that instance of it and that's the so long as there's still boundaries about stuff that i go like no i I disagree with that i'm kind of okay watching people pretend to care about me (laughs) on on the internet (laughs) (laughs) like that's psychopathic that's 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 further. That's, that's a yeah. little bit further, and also kind of ties into what we talked about last week about um, uh, once somebody crosses a line, mm. you know, fuck them. Yeah, just yeah. like I mean, this is a bit more of a grey area than you know torture in a submarine, but it's <laughs> still like that person. If they you get you get the feeling that if they feed live or dead puppies to turtles, yeah, what do they feed their dogs? You know, it's kind of like that person is a little bit outside of the zone of social acceptance kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I don't care if he taught a really good start, how to measure starch in bread lesson. Yeah. uh, Years ago, you go like, no, he crossed a line, he crossed a very strong social line that he knew must have been a social line, but he disagreed with the principle of it because he can rationalize it. But you go, even if it makes sense, you can't do it. Like, alcohol doesn't make sense, but it's socially acceptable. So it's like, yeah, yeah, drink as much as you want. It doesn't make sense to do it, but do it. Yeah. Like, okay, so there's social lines to be drawn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, turtles eating dogs. That's the <laughs> that's where I decided to end my notes. Uh, did you hear about the other dog that died this week? No. no. Stephen Hawking? No. <laughs> that's a bit rude, Stephen. No, no, no. Um... <laughs> Oh, we've had three deaths. Oh, week. the lead singer, the, the the game show host of that Jim Bowen, thing. yeah, yeah. Bonzo. Jim Bowen and Stephen Hawking, which are two names that I'd never associate. Yeah, with Yeah, his other. family must be so disappointed. Stephen Hawking stealing the limelight of the yeah. darts guy. Of the darts guy, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ken Dodd died the other day as well. Which, like, a lot of people, like, um, I, I've I've said plenty of times that I that I really appreciate and I like Ken Dodd in the same way that I really like. Um, like Morecambe and Wise, and and, and people had this kind of like, oh, he's just a hacky old showman and stuff. It's like, ah, but do, do you realise he's been doing this for like seventy years? Like, it, it's like he's you can't you can't take away his his like professionalism, and if you don't appreciate his humour, that's fine. But like, it's like it's I I, I we 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 used to have a, like a, a mutual friend um, who. Would who would shit on me a bunch of times for 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 disliking Ken Dodd because he was or he was really into like um, 
uh george carlin and uh and all of that stuff like mm-hmm. when they were coming up in like the 70s and stuff it's like oh no this is cool this is edgy this is where it's at this guy's just old hat and he's just hacky and all of that mm-hmm. shit but it's like uh, you can't just shit on a guy's entire skill like he's like there's it's 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 a different kind of humor and i think a lot of people say they dislike it because they're trying to be cool mm. um whereas i could never- not the same thing be said about jimmy savile what that like he's been doing it for so long but well, he was doing it for so long you kind of have to respect it not 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 everyone was a fan no. you know some people said it was hacky you know they disagreed with it but like you got to respect the guy <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i think uh i think there's definitely a cool factor to a lot of like arty stuff yeah and maybe ken dodd wasn't cool no, um, no, but exactly. I I didn't know him. I, I tried to find videos of him yeah. and stuff like that, and yeah, it did seem like uh, I think the term was music hall. Yeah, which exactly. is like he that's, sang that's songs that was. I was like, this is not my type of song. No, or whatever. exactly. But that, that's um, uh, and that kind of songs of like you come out and stand, you go, oh, hello, madam. Yeah, you know that kind of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, of just like. The kind of tickling kind of aspect, I guess. Yeah. Being yeah. silly in front of stage. I know a lot of people that I could be like, yeah, this definitely won't be your kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I ha- I think a lot of it for me was kind of a nostalgia of growing up and, and cause he had like specials on ITV, like kind of like okay. comeback kind of specials. Oh. And it reintroduced him to like, there's, there's a, a lot of my friends like know who he is, which is a miracle considering like he was a very high ranked celebrity in like the sixties. Like, like Jimmy Savile, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, I was—I I don't know—I was never ashamed, I was never ashamed to say that I liked him and that I liked his stuff. Um, I'm the same with stuff like that. There's so many people who hate Lee Evans, yeah, and hate uh, Michael McIntyre. Well, that, that's and I go like, I can understand why you don't like him, yeah. Um, bec- but I can ex- I can describe why I like him, yeah. And it's like it may not fit in with the they're not pushing the boundaries or yeah. like something that Jimmy Carr gets a lot is people go, Oh yeah, but he's got a team of writers. It's like, okay, but Are I don't think you understand how a team, no, but I don't yeah. think you understand how a team of writers works. They no. don't like write everything he says. And then he says it like he writes his own jokes. They all write their jokes. They get together yeah. and talk about what the jokes are. Yeah. And he specifically chooses which ones work and which ones don't the yeah. same as any team would operate. There's a captain. Yeah. And that's kind of, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's people choose, uh, want to want to only listen to like the best of the best or their niche of what's going on. Yeah, and I think it is important to appreciate kind of everything. Yeah, and kind of be like, I don't like it, and, and I don't like it because of, and then an articulate answer. Yeah, just to be like, because yeah, we spoke before about um, doing things that you don't like. I mm. can't remember what I did. It's like drinking coffee. Yeah. I drink it because like, I don't really like drinking coffee, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'll try it out. Oh, yeah, I don't like it because I don't like the bitterness or it's too watery, yeah. it's too this, yeah. it's too that. I like to explore that kind of things that I don't like as well. So I think, um, yeah, I didn't know Ken Dodd, but yeah, if people are sidelining things. and but Oh, yeah, but he was nothing. You're like, okay, well, fair enough. But yeah, you so don't I, have to respect him. You don't no, have to pay attention no, no, to it. But you go like, like, I'd be interested as to why you think that. Yeah. And if you have yeah. no basis for it other yeah. than someone told, not someone didn't mention his name or, you know, yeah. he, I didn't hear him out him on a podcast. It's like, well, yeah. okay, well, well like, did you I, listen to He was very much like the whole kind of like song and dance guy. He didn't dance, but like he was that. And, and he was, um, he was a clown essentially. Like that was, yeah. that was his kind of style. I, I went to see him when I was in my 
early mid teens maybe and um we went into the theater at half seven in the evening and we left at about two o'clock in the morning yeah like, i read that just he like five midnight. to six hours of just of of jokes that he's written that like are not like not all not like jokes from the last 50 years or anything just jokes that he's been constantly just going mm. and going and going with um and i it's that thing of like i I never noticed the passage of time i unlike mm. as a 14 year old if you don't notice six yeah. hours going by like you you're onto something different like that's 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 a different kind of person that you're watching yeah i think clown is a good from the, again i only tried to look into him after i found out he did because i was like yeah i'm a member of some comedy groups and they're like posting tributes like oh, this legend has died like yeah never heard of him let's try and see what he was like yeah yeah um but yeah he seemed to be quite yeah he had he's, like an extendable feather duster yeah attack people with like i would i can but i with with his jokes and his delivery and stuff i can i can like him to like uh tommy cooper yeah, that's, yeah i think that's more of a connection that a lot of people would kind of understand mm. like people are for some reason less ashamed to say they like tommy cooper well, I think it's it's a different style, isn't it? Like, there's mm. a clear there's a clear jokes with everything that Tommy Cooper's doing. Um, whereas, yeah, there was some of the stuff that Ken Dodd was doing that was like, yeah, he'd Im- Im- imitate an erection with a feather duster when he saw a woman. Yeah, and you go like, I understand that you, you, you're being silly, you're yeah. clowning around. Yeah. yeah, but it's not like that's not the clear joke. It's like no, you're trying no. to yeah. you're trying to be silly. Yeah. So yeah. imagine that there's yeah for that reason there's probably more of a connection with someone like Tommy. Yeah, but likewise, like you couldn't have an audience on tender hooks for six hours or whatever if that's all there was to your act. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I yeah I I think uh, I think that is part of it, but I, I think a lot of people kind of oversimplify what he did. Mm. I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I've I for some reason I I feel like this kind of like strong connection with him from my yeah just just from my childhood and I can't I I've for a while I likened it to nostalgia but then I I don't think it was I do th- I do think there was a genuine kind of like I don't know there was a there was a real like positive energy of of the, of the kind of stuff that he was putting into the world like he was he, he was he was he was just the, like there was a, there was a story of um like he he was he I mean he died at 90 and he was, was like 4 days after he married his long-term yeah, girlfriend yeah yeah he died at ninety, and he was still doing these six-hour shows up until like last year, mm. which is fucking unbelievable. And um, he like, and at some point he um, he glommed onto like a, a, like a younger audience because parents would bring their kids with him because it's family friendly. Like, so mm. you can do that shit. Um, and um, a woman was going past his house and be like, "That's that's where Ken Dodd lives, or whatever." And the girl went up and knocked on his door. And he was just like, he was an old man, like yeah. just, just fucked. And she was just like, just, um, just hang tight. I'll be, I'll be back in a minute. And he went off and he put all his fucking gear on and came back to the door and just sat and talked to them and joked with them for like half an hour. And it's like, this is his time off. Yeah. If he does a six hour show, he needs to take three weeks <laughs> off. Like, and like, so, and I think. Leave that- him alone. <laughs> But that's just that's just who he was. Like he, there was very, he just took great pleasure in what he did, and I think I just kind of take it personally when people shit on him for for for, for because it's not their kind of humor, mm. and they use that as an excuse to say he was shit at what he did. And like I don't know, I think that's a shitty thing to do. 
Yeah, like if it's if it's articulated, it's an interesting point, and I got, I'm all on board. But there's definitely more of a trend of not liking him because he's not cool enough. Yeah, yeah. I think with a lot of stuff, you know, but probably also in this case. Mm. Anyway, that wasn't the dead dog I was talking about. Oh, right. Yeah, the dead dog. <laughs> there was, there was, there was um, a woman this week. That... <laughs> little girl knocked on Ken Dodd's door. He said, I'll be back in a minute. And he came back with a dead dog. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Have you got a turtle? <laughs> um, no, there was, there was, there was um, a woman. She was a passenger on an aeroplane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I did read this. And the, the fucking the air hostess insisted that she put her dog in the overhead bin. Mm. So she just did it. And then it died, like, because it was, like, it hit turbulence and things, it was bouncing around. I guess it, there's no air in there, so it couldn't yeah, fucking breathe. Yeah, I couldn't find a reason, but yeah. I guess it's still going on. But, but yeah, if they're pumping air into the cabin, yeah. then maybe not pumping it into the overhead lockers, yeah. or it's getting, yeah, hit by stuff and well, panicked. panicked. Yeah, just stress. If it's, a, if it's a puppy in particular, it's like, yeah. fucking hell. And, like, firstly, the air hostess is a fucking idiot for telling us she has to do that. There is no way in hell any... Body would have would have said, "Look, if anyone's got a dog, you need to tell her to put it in the bin." Like mm. the, the, no one, no one will have told her that. She's just assumed out of dumb logic or something like that that that's what needs to be done. But secondly, if you're the dog owner, yeah. fuck no, I'm yeah, not doing I, that. I don't know how. Like, like I, during the flight, the dog was barking, and they said they could hear it from the overhead lockers. Yeah, okay. No, my dog's coming out of the locker, yeah. thanks, and you can fucking deal with it. What, what are you gonna do? Land the plane? Yeah. You're gonna do that anyway? What are you gonna do? Turn around <laughs> to land the plane? I don't think so. Yeah, no, my dog's my dog's gonna sit here with me. Yeah. Well, apparently, like the uh, the owner had a plain container for the dog yeah to go under the seats or but something. it didn't yeah. quite go fully under the seat it apparently was overrunning into the aisle which is health and safety issue the yeah. crash and you know food buffet whatever so there's a reason why they questioned it but yeah, yeah the well they she got refunded oh you know, the good. flight and <laughs> not the, for the dog and the additional pet carrier <laughs> yeah which is implies that she brought the pet carrier from the plane which yeah. makes sense i guess yeah but yeah, as, as much as I go like, yeah, the airline shouldn't do this. And, you know, but if someone told me to put my dog in a bin, I'd be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get off your plane. Yeah. What container does she need to be in? Okay. Well then give me one. We haven't got one. Well then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a reasonable couple more steps of like, we've got more containers, but we need to take off now. Get off, get on another plane. We'll give you a container. And then you can do it. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, like, when I first got my, especially a puppy, like, when I, when my dog would get, like, um, excited and want to get out the room and she was, like, barking and stuff like that, I'd feel like, oh, God, she really wants to go outside. I'd have that heart-wrenching moment. Yeah. If someone's got that on a plane, you'd be like, the dog's already, yeah, fuck the, fuck the owner. Yeah. Again, like, you don't have to flush a guinea pig or whatever it was down a toilet. No, yeah, that's you just know, it. It's you like, can I- just get off the plane. I understand, like, and, and people are really quick to paint them as a victim. It's just like, no, they should have stood up for their dog. <laughs> yeah, like, they should. They murdered their dog. Yeah. Just because someone else gave you the gun doesn't mean that you yeah. didn't pull the trigger. You still shot it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, it's, that, that was fucking weird to me. Yeah. Um, but everybody, like, leapt to her defense. And I was just like, well, what are they going to do? They're going to arrest you in the sky? Like, the, yeah. like what? Well, I, yeah, I, I didn't understand it at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bad situation, but the responsibility for the dog lies on the owner, at least in my eyes. If it was me, I wouldn't have put my dog in an overhead locker, even no. if it was small enough to fit in an overhead locker. <laughs> but no, for yeah. it might die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. But terrible tragedy for the woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, uh, a pastor was counselling the young naked man tied up in a car, he says. In a car or a co-op? A uh, car. Oh, okay. Young naked <laughs> tied man. Tied up in a co-op. <laughs> Help! A <laughs> uh, Pennsylvania pastor has been accused of open lewdness and indecent exposure after police say they found him in a car with a naked man bound with nylon rope on Friday. Oh, okay. I thought the vicar or whatever was walking by, saw someone <laughs> tied up in a car and was like, is everything okay? Let's no, talk you through this. They're both in a car. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, a man was sitting in the passenger seat completely naked, according to a criminal complaint. Um, Apart from his vicar collar. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing he was wearing, and that's in quotation marks, was the nylon rope tied around him. Uh, in the back seat of the car was George Gregory, a 61-year-old pastor. I'm two people. <laughs> call me George, call me Gregory. A <laughs> uh, 61-year-old pastor at a church in West Homestead, Pennsylvania. Uh, when police walked up to the vehicle, they said they could see Gregory rearranging his clothing. The street is the street was in a well-lit residential neighbourhood in uh, which is. Oh, I'll delete the town name now. That's why that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> a residential neighbourhood, which is why a neighbour had called the police to report a suspicious vehicle parked outside his three-year-old daughter's window. Um, as the man got on the phone the emergency, with emergency responders, his wife, peering out of the window, saw a man emerge from the vehicle entirely nude. Uh, when the police arrived, they said that they found the two men together in the vehicle, according to the TV station. We were just playing, Gregory told the police. Uh, we meet up from time to time. <laughs> the naked man confirmed to police that the interaction was consensual. Uh, the TV station reports, but both men are now facing charges uh, charges of lewdness and indecent exposure. Gregory, for one, thinks the charges he's facing are unfair. He also said the conversation, as police described it, never happened. <laughs> uh, I have nothing to hide. I did nothing wrong. Um, I was counselling a young man with a drug problem. <laughs> it did turn strange. <laughs> But it wasn't my doing, all right? Yeah, he picked me up from my house. He drove bound with rope. Outside this little girl's window. Um, Gregory told the TV station that when police pulled up, they jumped to conclusions. Uh, it's not what it looks like. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Uh, for one thing, he said, he had his clothes on when police showed up, so there's no reason for me to be charged with open lewdness. So, like, he had his... No, no one said anything about that, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First, first thing he says... I've still got my clothes on! <laughs> right, that's the problem. <laughs> I won't deny that he began to take his clothes off and proposition me, Gregory added, but I will deny that the stack of Bibles... I will deny... <laughs> I will deny... They honest... weren't involved in any way. The stains were on there to begin with. <laughs> I will deny on a stack of Bibles with God as my witness that I did nothing. That's the end of it. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should have done something to prevent this. Yeah, you, you could have done something. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's yeah. Oh, it's, it's weird. I mean, not to focus too much on uh, uh, the ASMR part of my identity, <laughs> um, which, I, which is weird because it does feel a bit like... Uh, kind of a new I was going to say if you, if, you, if, if you tie a young woman up in your car just because she's got a nice voice I don't think I'm down with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but say because because it's seemingly sexual completely changes the tone if they were both in there tearing tissue paper yeah which isn't a trigger for me but it's a trigger for some people you yeah. know what you're doing yeah I'm just tearing some tissue paper okay uh, alright yeah is it sexual yeah. no yeah. it's just therapeutic no. hold on it's my stack of bibles <laughs> <laughs> no it isn't <laughs> 
But because it becomes like, yeah, they were doing something that shouldn't be done yeah. outside. Should only be done inside. Yeah. And then that's fine. But yeah. Because you're outside. No. <laughs> it's just the vicar's got to go home to his wife now and be like, you won't believe what they're charging me. Where's the Bible? <laughs> Why are you carrying Bible? I'm the vicar. I did it everywhere. Yeah. Why are you swearing all the time? <laughs> fucking hate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The more yeah. episodes, the second they leave our disgusting oh, workstations. Oh, oh. It's still going. Yeah, it's still going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to talk last week. I mentioned it briefly on the edit yeah. last week about, um, what to do new with the podcast. Because we've had some ideas about, um, expanding it with more editing, etc., more guests, that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but I do feel like we've kind of, we fell into a little bit of a hanging on the mountain situation yeah, yeah. about just doing news. Yeah. Part of the reason, well, part of the reason I probably felt that way is because I wanted to talk about something else, hence the, the yeah. big essay at the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, kind of feels like we Do you want me of, to open up? No. All right, good. I don't like you already. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just ideas about um, what to, what else to do with it. I mean, when we started, we kind of had a few grander ideas Yeah. yeah. about like having creative projects or having more of a creative aspect to the to the podcast yeah and i think that we fell into a good rhythm with yeah the new stuff we've just kind of settled with the like we're doing a podcast this is this is good look yeah. look at the consistency of this like yeah. it's yeah. working it's fine yeah yeah that's what i mean by hanging on the side of the mountain yeah. same way with like emotional and people getting stuck with i you know I, I'm, I'm happy here this is okay i don't have to do too much yeah yeah um so yeah i'm gonna try and figure out if there's any uh other ways to expand the pod i mean we both play music we both like yeah. music um, so it could maybe add a musical aspect to it, even like fucking writing our own intro, outro, interlude yeah. music. To be fair, we should do that anyway, in case if, if, if it ever kind of gets big, we will get sued. Yeah, I mean, we can play around with different versions, like yeah. every week try and do something. It's a lot more work than like every other week, but then yeah. every two weeks try to make an intro or an outro or an interlude, just a sample of something that you yeah. kind of thought that was quite funny or quite good. Mm. Um, so maybe, yeah, entertaining the idea of evolving the podcast again, because we kind of started off like that. We've kind of fallen into this, yeah, which is still good, but yeah, think about maybe expanding it into something else as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I said last week, any suggestions or anything like that, feel free to, we have an email that I forgot. So feel free to email. <laughs> Podcast email. at pullingteeth.audio. Audio. Yeah. Which is, uh, for some disgusting workstations. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, think about, yeah, guests, I think we're going to work on anyway. I think more edits. Um, cause we started doing like little samples of the podcast as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've set up my computer now, so I'm able to do those a bit more easily. Um, but yeah, just some kind of more production with it or just new, different segments. The new stuff is strong, but mm. it feels like it shouldn't be 100% no, of the podcast. No, I know. What so even if it's like 80%, I mean, yeah. it's like 20% is just like, oh, we'll try playing around with something else or yeah. I tried writing something or I, I've written something to prepare to do this or whatever. Mm. Um, yes, I think that could be quite cool. So that could be something to think about to, yeah. All right. to pursue it. I think that could be, be interesting experiment anyway, mm. to, to try around with it. And that'd be right. Yeah. 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 That'd yeah. be cool, man. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, yeah. For more episodes, the second they leave our disgusting workstations, head over to www.pullingteeth.audio and remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn, maybe all three. Ratings and comments would be nice as well. If you've got any questions or comments, find us on Twitter at PullingTeethPod. For anything more extensive or of a private or personal nature, or if you've got some kind of moral objection to social media, you can drop us an email at podcast at pullingteeth.audio. 
For more from me, head to stevemilligan.net and find us both on Twitter, at SingItSteve and at Nick Snip. This has been Pulling Teeth. See you next week. <laughs>